Welcome to Conscious Conversations. I'm Nitin Garg. And I'm Nick Paladino King. We are transformational coaches from the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a podcast for people looking to take their lives to the next level. Conversations that lead to real life shifts tend to happen only by chance. We are here to change that. Our mission is to create transformational conscious conversations so that you can experience powerful insights to live a life filled with more passion, purpose, and prosperity. Together with our guests, we will raise the collective consciousness of the planet one conversation at a time. So join us on this great adventure of life by taking a moment to settle in, become fully present, and get ready for a powerful conscious conversation. Welcome into Conscious Conversations. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dean Pullman, the founder of Manflow Yoga. Today's conversation is definitely for men, about men, uh, and we, get, we go deep. We have a great time talking about how, as men, we need to make hard decisions and have hard conversations with ourselves, with our partners, and how we need to take action to be not selfish through self-care, but actually how to be selfless, how to learn how to take care of ourselves so that we can be better men, better partners, better husbands, better leaders, and ultimately have better health. Uh, I think you're really going to like this. Dean offers some great new perspectives on new masculinity, on positive masculinity, and how we can be better men and better partners and better people. So dive in and enjoy. All right. Welcome into Conscious Conversations. I'm your host, Nick Paladino King with Nithin Garg. Hey, hey. Today we have Dean Pullman on the on the line. Dean, how's it going, man? What's up? I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nitin. You got it. You got it. Dean and I have known each other, known of each other, I feel like almost almost 10 years now. Wow. You, uh... Yeah, it's been that long. That was when we both had, uh, not that you don't have them now, but we both had Instagram profiles. And we're like, hey, look, it's a dude doing yoga. It was uh, way less common then. It was yeah, we were ahead of the head of the curve. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'm gonna I'll kick us off a little, and then we'll we'll go from there. Um. So the, for those of you who are listening, conscious conversations is all about creating conversations that lead to real life shifts. They usually only tend to happen by chance, and mm. we're here to change that. We're here to create intentional transformational dialogues with experts in their field, so that you, the listener, our audience, can experience powerful insights from each episode, and then really learn how to integrate them into your daily life. We want you to learn how to live with more purpose, more fulfillment. And in order to do that, today we've got Dean Pullman, who's going to help us elevate the consciousness of ourselves, as I think we were going to really dive deep into yoga for men and, and mental wellness and health for men. So Dean, again, thanks for being on. Uh, we'd love to you know, learn about you. Uh, also, if there's something you'd like to offer, offer our listeners to get us grounded or centered, mm -hmm. uh, why don't we start with that? And then we'll dive into your story and then dive into uh, mental wellness and health for men. Sure. By the way, I love the whole intro. Um, that's exactly what I've uh, really been delving into myself uh, over the past couple of years. So I'm glad you guys are doing this. Thank All you. right. So guys, if you're listening, um, this isn't typically something I do, but I'll guide you through what I like to do um, at night. So take a minute and find a comfortable position. Just shake out. Shake out your joints a little bit, shake out your shoulders, relax your knees, relax your back, sit up a little straighter if you want, if that feels good. 
and pay attention to your mind. So just notice you've probably got a lot of thoughts running through your mind right now. Things that you could have done better, things that you still need to do, but haven't done yet. And just be aware of them. I'm gonna try and necessarily make them go away, but just be aware of those. And as you're doing that, check in with your breathing. Make sure that you're breathing in and out of your nose. Just keeping things relaxed, slowing down the pace of your breathing compared to what you're doing throughout the day. And maybe try to find something you're grateful for today. Find something that went well this morning. Find something that went well today. Find something that you're looking forward to tomorrow. Maybe it's just being grateful for something in your room, something in your space, something you were able to do that day. And give yourself some grace for things that you didn't do the way you wanted to. We're all doing our best. And hopefully you feel a little bit better now compared to when you started. Boom. Brad, simple, easy to the point. I'm mm. I'm grateful we get to do this podcast. So thanks for that, that Dean, that we've got the time, the space and the energy to come together and have a conscious conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't I didn't mention it, but Dean is the founder of Manflow Yoga. He's widely known as one of the authorities on yoga for men. So Dean, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us kind of where you came from, how you got to be an authority on yoga for men and um, what's up for you now. And we'll dive in from there. Yeah. And I'll try to do this quickly because I want to get to the conversation part. So for me, I started yoga as a as an athlete in college. I thought it was a great workout. I could notice myself getting a lot stronger. Uh, I could notice myself feeling better uh, and just touching on different aspects of fitness that I had not been doing at all in my traditional athletic training. And for me, I wasn't really an entrepreneur at the time, but I looked up yoga for men and there really wasn't much going on uh, with yoga that was created for men. And there was even less that was created for the athlete. So originally I created um, a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, because I wanted to kind of normalize men doing yoga. It had really helped me. I wanted to help other people. And I also started teaching my lacrosse team yoga. I was the conditioning coach for my club lacrosse team. And so instead of taking them through sprints, you know, every time I'd say, hey, we're gonna do yoga today. We're gonna work on balance. We're gonna work on some mobility stuff. And uh, they really liked it. Maybe because they didn't have to run, but uh, I think they also liked it because it was, you know, just something different uh, for them, and also the uh, stress relief aspects of it. I think were really powerful. Where there was a disconnect for me, and this is what eventually led me to kind of create Manful Yoga as it is now, was the idea of combining exercise with a spiritual practice. I was used to working out as working out. I was used to doing sports as exercise, as fitness. And for me to go into a workout or kind of a yoga, expecting to work out and then having, you know, kind of a sp spiritual component, my thoughts were more toward, hey, what's my knee supposed to be doing here? Like, what is this doing for my overall strength? How is this going to, how is this mobility going to help with, you know, my overall performance here? And because I thought like that, I knew that there were other men who were interested in that. 
And so I started kind of working that into my approach with yoga, with, with the videos that I recorded, um, realized that it had some traction. Uh, I did a yoga teacher training. I found myself in a position where I didn't really have a career. Um, I had, without going into too much, I was actually, I had a triple major in, in college. I was fluent in multiple languages. I had a, an internship with the state department. So I had a pretty nice resume, uh, just wasn't positions available for my type of work. So I found myself in a position where I was like, well, I could do this manful yoga thing, or I could go find another career. And I decided to do manful yoga. And, you know, I tried everything initially. I tried doing group classes. I tried doing in-person classes. I tried doing online classes. I tried doing online one-on-ones. And I did all of those things until eventually I realized, hey, the best way to do this is to have a space where people can go watch my workouts online. And so I, I did that. I started learning about my audience, started learning more about men. Um, and ultimately what I really do, what I really focus on today is helping men to feel better in their bodies, whether that's because they have pain and they just want to get back to normal function or because they are doing other workouts and they want to feel better in their other workouts. They want to feel better um, in other physical activities. And, uh, and a big focus of, of mine and how I do that is kind of in this unique approach to fitness that really emphasis, unique approach to yoga that really emphasizes how we can maximize the, the fitness benefits, how we can focus more on strength, how we can focus on more active range of motion on really pushing active range of motion instead of passive flexibility, um, how we can really work on muscular awareness and, 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 and breathing awareness to, kind of take yourself to the next level to make yourself better at other workouts as well. And, uh, there's a lot of ways that I've done that, but, uh, that's the overall mission and, um, keeping it focused on men, because I think there's plenty of content for women that's already out there. And, uh, men do have different bodies. We have different levels of flexibility, different levels of mobility. Um, we tend to rely on our upper bodies compared to our core and our hips more so than women. And, um, and yeah, um, the last part, again, I, I really do focus on uh, the the fitness aspects. It's not to say I don't have a spiritual practice on my own. Um, it's a big part of what I do with the Better Man podcast is kind of working on purpose. Um, and uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't think I have to say too much about that. I try not to because I don't want to get into this whole conversation of, well, yoga has to include chakras or you're just stretching. Like, well... No, I'm not doing. I'm also doing isometric exercises. I'm doing body weight exercises. So it's not just stretching, but um, yeah. but yeah, um, I think that uh, hopefully that gives you guys an idea of who I am. Yeah, no, it's it's so cool to hear you. You know, you talk about that, and it's kind of bringing me down a memory lane of my own kind of journey. I think we've had some parallels. Mm -hmm. You know, Same. I was one of the first. I was one of the first guys ten years ago writing about combining yoga and lifting weights, and I remember being mm. ostracized. You know, for <laughs> for lack of a better word, the trainers I would hang out with would say, you know, men don't do yoga or, you know, Nick, that's kind of, that's not really cool, man. That's pretty soft that you're doing yoga. And then I, the yogis I would hang out with, they would say, Hey, you know, you're not supposed to lift weights. If you're doing yoga, like these don't right. go hand in hand. Your body going, will just fall apart. If you do and warrior two like, and lift weights. I'm, and I'm like, and I'm going like, I don't know what you guys are talking about because combining the two, taking the, you know, the strength, 
the power of the concentration of fitness and then putting that with the mobility, the flexibility, the balance, the concentration of yoga. I'm like, this is like peanut butter and jelly, mm. you know? And I, I'm one of the first people to say it all the time when people come into my fitness studio. I'm like, look, yoga is good at certain things. And it's not good at other things. Like it's not good right. at you know, burning calories. It's not what it's for, it, but it right. is going to help you get stronger, more, you know, more balanced. And it doesn't have to have meditation. It doesn't have to have spirituality. It can, uh, but I think it's cool that we can get clear on like, what are we doing and why are we using this, this tool? And it sounds like Dean, you've really gotten clear on what yoga is for you as a, as a tool for mm -hmm. performance and to feel better and for men to feel better. I think that's I think it's rad how clear you are on your your lens of what it is and how you use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. And that's not to say that that's the end all be all and that's no. the only way to do it. That's just the way that I do it. And I try to do it unapologetically. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to echo what Nick said. You know, even in my own journey, which was almost 15 years ago when I discovered yoga by accident, working out, doing weights. And I was like, oh yeah, there's this yoga class that happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think I'm going to go check it out one day. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I had been weight training maybe for four or five years. And, you know, you feel that great ener energetic rush in your body, the, the pumping blood after a great sort of weights workout. But over time, your body gets stiffer and tighter and, and mm -hmm. just that flexibility starts to go away. Yeah. And, and, and I started keeping my weight training routine, but adding yoga on those two other days, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And just, yeah, exactly to what you said, Nick and Dean, you know, your own experience, the combination of those two and how well they work together. I get, I got my flexibility back. I like, mm -hmm. I think what you were saying simply of men feeling better in their bodies yeah, is what I started, you know, liking about that. Uh, and it was, I remember reading uh, as you were describing on your own site of how, you end up using muscles you've never utilized before because right. the poses themselves and the challenge they present engage your muscles in a completely different way and completely different muscles. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, wow, this is such a, it completes me mm -hmm. rather than, you know, taking away anything. Right. Uh, also want to call out just the courage with which you, you know, you share your authenticity uh, that, Hey, if, if, you know, you're in a yoga class and a lot of yoga teachers are actually aspiring. Like, how can I actually give a 10 minute speech after my 60 minute session and, you know, get my students deeper spiritually? Great. That's good for some people. And they connect with that mm -hmm. But for others. And like you sensed about yourself, that wasn't necessarily what you were looking for. Yeah. And so tuning into that and recognizing like, okay, here's, this is an authentic feeling reaction and how can you then help serve those around your around you that may that also feel similarly you know they're mm -hmm. there for the fitness aspect aspect but not necessarily to get a you know a spiritual class while you're at it yeah well said yeah so yeah, thank you for just too. sharing your you know uh for bringing that unique perspective into the world because i think it's valuable yeah thank you i think it'll become more normal over the next you know decade. I think it already is. I think people just aren't saying it as much, but, and then at that point I'll be, be obsolete. Nothing will be special <laughs> about me. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. There was, I mean, there was no, I started to 24 hour fitness this is my first yoga class flopping around doing something. I don't know if it was yoga, but couldn't touch my knees. I remember that. And there was wow. no guys, you know, there was no guys in the room 15 years ago. Now there are, Dean, yeah. I think 
and it sounds it sounds like Nathan picked up on the same thing. Dean, you said you're you really want men to feel better in their bodies. That really mm-hmm. stood out for me. Can you talk about that? Uh, why that's important to you, and maybe how you notice that that's not being talked about or not being pushed as a as something that's important. It's important to me just because I am acutely aware of how my body feels. And I notice that when I'm doing these things, I I feel better. And it just to me seems like, hey, this is something that other people aren't teaching as much to men. I think I could do it. I think I could do it well. And it also allows me to kind of live a lifestyle that, you know, allows me to keep doing that. So, you know, selfishly, I'm like, I love doing this and I get to share it with other people. So this is awesome. Um, and in the conversations that I've had with other men, the real significance of this, you know, kind of kind of funny, I actually started Manful Yoga with the idea that I was going to be attracting a bunch of other like young 20 something guys who just wanted to get jacked with yoga. Turns out like nobody who is in their 20s is looking to get jacked with yoga other than me. Um, cause it worked really well. I got really lean. I got really jacked. I still had muscle left over from weightlifting, but you know, I was like, Oh, I look great. Other people can, can get jacked and look like this too, if they do yoga. Um, but the people that I started really connecting with were guys who weren't able to do, you know, more traditional workouts who weren't able to show up to a boot camp and do, do squats or burpees or push-ups. who weren't able to go to the gym and exercise, um, you know, with the machines or, or go for a run. It was guys who had kind of neglected fitness for a while and they were now in their 50s and they're like, wow, I can't do anything that I want to. How do I get back to doing this? And so for a lot of, you know, most of the people that I was working with, it was guys in their 50s who were not able to do what they wanted to do with their bodies. And there were also a lot of people who were really scared about their their fitness in the years to come. People who were getting closer to 60, maybe they had a doctor's appointment where their doctor gave them some hard truths and they realized, wow, I have to start taking better care of myself, but how do I start? Like what's, what's going to work for me? And so a lot of the the people that I've been able to help are people who have not been able to, you know, do these other types of workouts that I think are more traditional types uh, of fitness and, and help them get back to doing things that they enjoy doing to help them get rid of chronic pain um, and to help them, uh, you know, ultimately be able to to do these workouts and have a better level of fitness than they thought was possible at their, their at their age. Sounds like you're using yoga as almost like a gateway for people to get back into a groove or, hey, here you can't do this, but you how have you tried this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's 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 such a cool approach. Um, I had a question. I forgot it. Nathan, what, uh, I see your mind spinning over there. <laughs> you can see it. I'm really working on my mindfulness. Okay. <laughs> I hope you can see how I have a note card, so I don't have to be mindful. I just write things down. Nice. <laughs> um, actually there was a thought that was coming up for me, which was as you've been Dean, as you've been working with men, there seems to be, um, you know, as you were, as you were even describing how sort of who you saw showing up and the reasons you saw people showing up for yoga. What was coming up for me was just almost there's this, there's this relationship we have with our bodies as men where, you know, if, if through sports or, or something you were exposed to fitness, there, there tends to be a fitness relationship perhaps with the body of like, mm-hmm. okay, I've got to stay fit enough to be able to pursue my goals in life. And, and, and a lot of other times I see 
a complete neglect for the body as if we're just sort of dragging our bodies around towards somehow making it through our day and achieving whatever purpose or to-do list we've got laid out for ourselves. And there's something deeper there where I think exploring the relationships with our bodies and, and recognizing that it is, they complete us, that they're not auxiliary to our mission Mm -hmm. with them and being in tune with our bodies and being in tune with the wisdom of our bodies, not only taking care of them, but tuning into the wisdom of our bodies can help propel us towards our purpose, frankly, more uh, effectively. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm curious if you've seen that in your work with men, of course, because you're, you know, you're so deep in here, but this is just a reflection that I have of what I've observed. So are you talking about the kind of the slower practice of yoga being a gateway to men helping understand their, their kind of a spiritual purpose or kind of like their purpose in life? Or are you talking about physical purpose? Uh, actually, literally just, just knowing that, hey, they've got to take care of them you know, we as men have got to take care of our bodies physically mm -hmm. in order actually to be effective at whatever it is we do in the world, right? That it's not a afterthought. Taking care of our bodies isn't an afterthought. It's actually part of the, so, you know, whether it's exercising in the morning, or maybe you choose yoga, or maybe you're being conscious about what you put into your body for food. All mm -hmm. of that is in service to bringing our purpose into the world, which is what we typically are so driven by, right? Like packed with meetings all day, yeah. running from thing to thing to thing, but the bodies become sort of an afterthought. And then at some point until the doctor tells us we've got to take care of our bodies, only then we choose to wake up. Yeah. I think, I think the message has been on to helping men understand the importance of taking care of their bodies and why self-care actually helps them with their other goals, the ones that are seemingly more important. So, you know, most of us, if we have families, we want to be better dads. We want to be better husbands. If we have a career, we want to be more successful. Um, if we have other obligations in our community, we want to be better at that. We want to be thought of as just more friendly, you know, more successful, um, just, you know, better people. And, a lot of what my work has focused on has been trying to help men understand that taking care of your body is part of that. That when you make time for, you know, a yoga workout in the morning, then you are more calm, you're more focused, you have more patience uh, throughout the day. Um, if you are taking time to do yoga in the morning and you have better posture, that people notice that, that your hormones actually change as a result of the way you hold your body, um, that you appear more confident, that, that people are more likely to listen to you. So there's lots of things that um, part of it is just helping people understand the importance of taking care of your body and why it's not selfish. Um, I think that's a big message that I've been trying to to create and also something that I've been trying to live in my own life. You know, I have, I just had a newborn um, about, six or seven weeks ago now, I have a three-year-old. Thank you. I have a three-year-old. And, um, you know, when we had our three-year-old, it was during the, during the pandemic and it was kind of a crazy time. And it was, 
really difficult for me to take care of my family and be the person that I wanted to be, be the husband and be the father that I wanted to be when I wasn't doing as much to take care of myself. So I've recognized that firsthand in the course of like, you know, a six month period. And if you look at other guys who are just kind of, you know, killing themselves over their job and and just trying to do, you know, trying to be the best they can, but they're not taking care of their body in the process. A lot of what I've been trying to, you know, do is to help people understand that um, this is going to help you be more patient. This is going to help you be better with your families, that your family is actually going to like you more when you're exercising. Um, and then also, to a certain extent, at a certain financial level, I think it's almost selfish not to take care of your body. Like if you have, you know, if you have an amount of the a level of income that allows you to have some free time to be able to work on yourself, and you're actively choosing not to do that, but to focus on other things instead, you know, when your 50s come around, when your 60s come around, it's going to be the people in your family who are going to have to take care of you. So, you know, I, I, that, I, I, that might not be a popular opinion, but I think that at a certain point, it, it is men need to be responsible or not just men, but women too, I think need to be responsible for their health because if, if they're not going to take care of it, then somebody else is going to have to take care of them, whether it's people in their family or it's our, um, <laughs> our, our, our medical system. Um, someone is going to have to take care of them. So I do think at some point, if you are not taking care of yourself, I think it's selfish. Yeah, that physical debt does come due at some point. Yeah. Yeah, there's this, you know, Dan, uh, Dean, sorry, as you're talking about all this, you know, the the name of your podcast is really, I'm understanding it, the Better Man Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and something I've noticed in myself, and this is something I've taught my students for a long time, is like, look, and you're saying the same thing. It's like, when I take care of myself, it's not selfish to do self-care. It's right. actually, it actually becomes an act of selflessness. I find it's like when I take better care of mm -hmm. myself, when I eat well, when I move well, when I think, well, well, let's see, I show up more present for my friends, for myself. I'm a better husband, I'm a better listener, I'm a better mm -hmm. leader. And it's like, wow. So I have the ability to have more impact in the world by taking care of myself first. You know, and that is, I think that's really what we need to learn to do first, especially, and as you said, everyone, but especially as men, it's like, we don't have to wear it so much, guys. You know, we don't have to kill ourselves to make a paycheck to support our families. That's a very old model of, you know, what it looks like to be a man. That's maybe from our, our parents <laughs> or maybe even our grandparents, you know, eras of, and it's like, no, there's different ways to do that now where we can tune in, we can take care of ourselves. Hey, thanks so much for listening into Conscious Conversations. As you know, we don't try to sell anything here. We don't run ads on our show. Our whole goal is to help elevate and raise the consciousness of the planet through these conversations. So if there's something that you heard in this show or this episode that really landed with you, pay it forward. Give it a like, subscribe to our channel, write a quick review, or even better, share this with your friends and your family so that they can grow and they can benefit from this episode as well. Thanks so much for listening and we really appreciate it. Do self-care and then then as once we've got our bodies and our minds taken care of, then we take care of our communities. Yeah. And we take care of our 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 world and it's like
you know, that's to me, that's the the basis of why self-care isn't selfish, why it's actually mm-hmm. selfless. And it's, it's imperative as we grow into a new era of masculinity and, you know, positive masculinity or mindful masculinity. And I think these are really things that we're, the three of us are really modeling is how to be men that take care of themselves in order to take care of our families and our communities in a much more powerful, impactful way. And I think that's how we change the world as, as mindful and, you know, and positively masculine and, and embodied men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that the initial hurdle why men don't do more of these things to take care of themselves is they fear the reaction of what people will say around them when they say, Hey, I'm going to go take 30 minutes to take care of myself. You know, they're scared of what those people will think. Maybe they think, Oh, they're not going to like me as much when, when I do this, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting away from my family so that I can go do this workout on my own or, you know, um, so it's, 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 in a way they're actually being selfish because they they want to uh, avoid that initial discomfort that initial pain that is going to enable them to be to be better off they can work through it right it's kind of like this this whole idea of short versus long term gratification mm-hmm. like if you can get over the short term discomfort you will you'll have the long term gratification so you know a, a lot of this is just getting over that initial discomfort of oh what if they what if they're mad at me for, you know, taking some time to work out or, or what if they're mad at me because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using these new ideas that they might not agree with. Um, but ultimately if you don't do those things, if you don't take those actions, um, you're not, you're not only going to not be able to take care of yourself, but just in general, when you're not doing things that feel authentic to yourself or, or expressing yourself, then you're building up resentment, which is, ultimately going to hurt the relationship. So a lot of the things that we do to prevent hurting the relationship, a lot of the things that we do to to try and avoid painful confrontations are actually creating more painful confrontations because we're not dealing with them initially when they happen. So um, I think a lot of, uh, you know, just as we're longer talking about it, kind of this new idea of mindful, um, I don't know if it's mindful masculinity or if it's just kind of changing how we think about our actions as men, but instead of, especially men in a family, but instead of um, just sucking things up and like doing what's needed and not complaining, it's saying, Hey, I like, I, I don't want to do this. I'm going to do it, but like, I, I don't feel like doing this. Like this doesn't feel good to me, you know? So, because if you don't say that, then you're building up resentment. And if you really do want to have a better relationship, if you want to have better relationship with your, you know, your family, with other people, then you have to express the things that you're feeling. You can't just hold them in and like soldier on like you're a robot. You know, you can still do those things, but you can express yourself as you're doing them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to do that. And I love when you were talking about the the short versus the long, you know, are we avoiding the short-term pain? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's definitely is a like, Oh, I need to be here for my family. And especially as you know, you've probably experienced this Dean with, with two kids, you know, whole family life is chaotically busy most of the times when your kids are home you know there's always something going on you're taking Mm -hmm. care of things the house chores cooking whatever else i thought you said cocaine (laughs) (laughs) cocaine (laughs) wait till the kids go to sleep for that one cocaine guys you know we we put them to bed first avoiding the ultimate short-term pain (laughs) yeah um but in there like 
when when we get away for 30 minutes and say hey you know i've i've got to go take 30 minutes to work out or maybe it's like there's a hobby you know uh i i remember talking to uh, one of my friends who loves to play music but hasn't played in years after he had kids and he feels the pain of that man is carrying that pain with him everywhere in almost every interaction but it's always in the background it's a sacrifice he is making for his family. That's the, that's essentially the term is I'm, I'm making this sacrifice for my family. But in a way, while there may be that, that interim sacrifice, his family is paying for it because he's not able to show up fully being present with them and being fully happy uh, with how he's living his life. And eventually that realization sets in and we realize, okay, me, you know, maybe taking 30 minutes away isn't as bad. It it gets to the point that our wives tell us, please take some time for yourself mm-hmm. and go do the thing that heals you, right? Whether it's yoga, whether it's music, whether it's going out mm-hmm. for a run, because we know you're going to be a better husband and father when you come back from that. And yeah. so guys, take, take charge of your lives and re- recognize if there is something that heals you you know you know what works for Mm -hmm. you and make it a priority make make it as dean is saying express yourself express your need and then put it on your schedule make it a priority so you can heal yourself and be that better man that you are trying to be yeah and i I think this is where some of traditional masculinity got it right because i think that traditionally men are not we're not, or, you know, men who are still traditional, I don't think they were as concerned about like taking time away from their families. You know, I think it was normalized for like, I'm going hunting this weekend or like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going out with the guys like, or I'm going to, and, and to me, I, I kind of think of myself as a, like, that's not me. And so I kind of developed this relationship where I was always with my wife, um, then at the time girlfriend, and I didn't really get into this pattern where I would go hang out with my guy friends that much. And, you know, the, the, the end result is that I'm now at this point where like, oh, wow, like I really lack intimacy with other men. Like I don't have any really, I don't, I have close friends, but I don't spend enough time with them and I don't connect with them on a deeper level. And it ultimately hurts everything around me. And so I think one way that traditional masculinity did get it right is that, you know, they, I think that traditional men make time for, for, for time with other men. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, maybe we just, you know, if we're, if we're trying to be different than that, maybe we just think, okay, well, I'm going to do the opposite of that. Cause that's what traditional men do. And I don't want to be traditional in that sense. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, one example of, um, you know, you can't just throw out everything because you don't like one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as you're talking to you, there's just so many different things coming up for me. And, um, you know, we were talking before how, you know, we've kind of witnessed that masculinity has, it's swung too far at that. Everything's toxic. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, and it has the tendency to, to go to the other side where then now it's not present. And it's and you know, a lot of the men I know, and some of the, the men's group work that I've led over the last couple of years was actually about men learning how to take back their masculinity, how to actually step into their own power, Mm-hmm. And how to create boundaries and how to be clear and how to how to make decisions and that when they learn to do that and you were talking about this um when they learn to not be nice all the time right when they learn to be honest then they can learn to have less resentment in themselves for their partners 
for their, you know, their lives. And as they step into more of themselves and say, Hey, I have needs. And one need today is that I need to go take time for myself or something that I am very clear with my wife on is, and, and she is too, is that I need time to spend with my friends. Mm-hmm. I need time to go see Nathan and some of our friends, Sam or Josh, and we hang out for a day, you know, and we go hike and we drink beers mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll, we talk about things that matter or we take turns to share what's bothering us in our relationships. And I know for me personally, that a large part of the fact that I'm still married seven, eight years later is because I have men in my lives that have given me great advice when I was like, I don't know what to do. I've never been married for five years before. I've never been married for seven years before. I'm having a hard time and have friends that say, Hey, did you think about this? Or, you know, Nick, I'm hearing that this is your stuff. You're not showing up, you know? Yeah. I know for me, it's been imperative to, as a leader of men, mm-hmm. uh, to also be led by men and to have that relationship that really matters, that's that built on camaraderie and trust and support. And I think that's what's missing in the world of masculinity is that mm-hmm. positive or healthy masculinity is extremely supportive. That's been my experience. It's like, mm-hmm. it is unbelievably supportive when you get guys into a room that care, that want to help each other, just as we're talking here. So um, mm-hmm. I just think it's so important that we we do create boundaries and say what we need and ask for what we want. And we may be surprised that our partners, that once we do that, they respond even better to us. Kind of what you're saying, Dean, is like we have this thought of, oh, if I if I say I need time, my wife's going to get upset. How do we know? Like, am I thinking for my wife? Maybe she's just waiting for me or longing for me to go spend time away so that she can be with her friends. You know, I think it's so mm-hmm. important. Um, I'd love to hear your insights on on what I'm rambling about there and um, how do we step into, you know, these deeper aspects of, of a new masculinity, a new, a new idea of what that looks like. Well, the first thing that I can say is that I think that many marriages aren't actually that close. I think they spend a lot of time talking logistics, but they don't spend a lot of time like actually asking each other, like how they feel about things and having having the difficult conversations, like talking about things that are there, things that are unsaid. Um, Like for me, when I am not feeling connected with my wife, it's very apparent because I feel like we do a pretty good job of, um, and we're getting better at it and I'm getting better at, and I'm taking ownership of those situations that when we are not like, when I feel like we are not connected, I'm trying to understand like, Hey, like what's, what's like really going on or like, you know, or just, just wait long enough for her to start talking about, um, what she's stressed about. So, um, I think first off that having those difficult conversations is what makes, um, what what makes relationships, um, above average. And the second thing that I'm thinking of is that men and women are just different. I think we deal with problems differently. Um, I think some of those are, I think some of those things can be generalized, like men generally will do this more and women will generally do this more. But I think that over the last few years and definitely in my upbringing as well, we, there, there, the, the kind of the idea was men and women are the same and we need to hold ourselves to the same standards and we need to, um, we need to all deal with problems the same way. And that was like, that was subconsciously, that was the upbringing that I had. And, and I've, and I think what was taught and then also what I experienced had a profound disconnect. Um, 
And that's not to say that all women act one way or all men act one way, but I think that men and women deal with things differently. I think, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions about how women interact with each other um, or, you know, to what extent to do women hold themselves accountable versus to what extent do men hold themselves accountable. But for me, I, for me, in, in my own experience, I have noticed that I think men tend to have to be the ones to first say, Hey, like, okay, I was wrong in this situation, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and take the lead here. Um, not to say that that's not also something that women can do, but I think men doing that more instead of shying away from it specifically because it was what they think they're not supposed to be doing because it's what we used to do, then it's not helpful. Hold on. That's it. Dean got in trouble. His wife heard him talking about that. And now he's <laughs> now he's now he's in the doghouse. Yeah, Nathan, what's coming up for you as as we're talking here? No, I was thinking about the the interactions, you know. Uh I was reflecting on the interactions with, with my wife and sort of how we tend to connect and yeah, there's a different balance. I think it it goes to that point of uh, you know masculine masculinity isn't just with inside men, just and then all women aren't a hundred percent feminine either. And there's a you know there's a dynamic happening here where we're talking about the old masculinity, the previous generations. I can relate to my dad. Uh, I don't know if you if you both feel like your dads represent also that old masculinity of where they, you know, they very clearly prioritize time for themselves. You didn't have to tell them. They always did. Uh, if anything, you had to pull them out and be like, come spend time with us and go come. It's Mother's Day. Come spend time with us and take a day <laughs> off and we're going to do something fun. Uh, you know, whereas for for us in the house, you know, I'm actually, I'm going to be with the kids and my wife's going to go out with a bunch of her friends because that's what she felt like would be would be rejuvenating for her for this mother's day uh, and then later in the day she's gonna take the kids and and spend some time just one-on-one -on -one with the kids uh so there's that what was coming up for me dean as you as you were talking about that was just really this essence of you know there's a blend of masculinity and femininity within each one of us yes yeah totally and and recognizing okay uh, where are perhaps we're always shying away maybe where we're letting our wives always take the lead and maybe where we are always taking the lead and you and like you said dean like you can bring that up as a conversation it doesn't even frankly have to be a difficult conversation but sometimes these things just need to be talked about uh you know hey is this our agreement we're always i'm always taking the lead on this thing or how do you feel about that and mm -hmm. uh, you know are you always going to take take x or run yeah. with x in this house uh, but you know have that as a respectful conversation to understand your individual relationship dynamic because it is unique uh, my <laughs> wife happens to be quite masculine you know she's very strong in in very many aspects in fact i've sometimes had a conversation around i'd love to see a more feminine side of you <laughs> that i feel like is behind the strong woman that her dad raised to be in a world that was tough on women. So she became a very tough woman mm -hmm. to, to be able to rise up in her career as an architect in the construction industry, where she's surrounded by men. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's individual dynamics, I think, in all relationships. We're recognizing that we have a, a blend of both in ourselves and in our wives. It's interesting you say yeah. that, Nathan, as, you, as you're talking. It's Emily and I, we have a very similar relationship. Emily is is very masculine. She's, she's a lawyer. She's tough. She's smart. And it's what creates our dynamic, but sometimes it's what it's also what what creates our our disagreements and our fights. Um, and a couple of years ago, I read a book, and Dean, I don't know if you've picked this up, The Way of the Superior Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the David. Men, what's his David? David, David Dita, Dita. You know, yeah. Anyone listening, men, women, you know, who's ever listening, uh, pick that book up. It's fantastic on what we're talking about about the energetics of feminine masculinity. But he talks in there about how when the masculine steps forward, the feminine can relax. Mm. And to me, that was such an interesting thing of like, okay, well, not male, female, but so what my, my wife and I have learned how to do is since we're both alphas, we're both masculine, we both like to lead. Let's say we go to a hotel and let's say that there's an issue with, this is actually a real story. Let's say there's we're at a hotel in Santa Monica and there's an issue with the room Mm. and we both go up to the front of the desk and what I notice is both Emily and I are kind of jockeying for who's in control, who's going to take the lead, who's going to be the masculine lead. And what I found was I started to naturally kind of backing away and almost kind of taking the, the beta role. And mm-hmm. then I would get upset because I would feel resentful. Or I would feel ina- inadequate. So we had a really tough conversation. You know, Dean's talking about having the hard conversations now so that eventually those conversations become easier. I'm a, a huge believer in that. Same with health. Um, so what we've landed on is when we go to do something like that, if there's something that needs to be led, I'll say to Emily or she'll say to me, okay, who's leading right now? Mm. And then if Emily says, okay, Nick, I've got the lead, then I know I'm not being, you know, overtaken. I'm actually consciously deciding to be supportive. And then sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm, I've got it. Like I'll take the lead and then she can relax. And it's such a cool thing we figured out in ourselves through you know dean's point through argument and hard conversations like we're Mm. both alphas we're both masculine but we need to learn as a couple how for one of us to take the more feminine role and be receiving and supportive and while the other one is more in the you know in the challenging position so i think that that for us has been a great dynamic we figured out and i think all relationships are different and all relationships Mm -hmm. need to figure out what works in terms of in terms of balance but that's something we've worked through and it's made our relationship tremendously better uh and a lot less arguments a lot less fights and we can understand each other yeah i mean for me like the the what what i wrote down was being the man versus not being the man which is the way that i was raised i was raised to my mom was a very independent woman um rose up in her career she's very intelligent um I think she had a I think she had a difficult first marriage that led her to be the very independent, um, emotionally resilient woman that she is. And she kind of raised me to the I think a good way to say it, like, no, Dean, she can do that herself, or no, Dean, she can make that decision herself. And so I took that into a lot of my dating behaviors mm-hmm. and you know, if 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 a woman said something, I almost treated it like another man would have said it. Like so, like I, I remember one time, um, somebody I had dated in college messaged me and said, "I'm on the subway and this guy is looking at me right now and it's creepy." And I replied and be like, "Ha, that sucks." Or like, "Ha, that's funny." Whereas like she was actually messaging me like, "I'm scared. I need like the comfort 
of a man to tell me that it's going to be okay. And so like a lot of like, that's just one example, but then in other examples of, you know, of my, my current marriage now, my only marriage, but my current marriage um, is there are so many situations where my wife wants me to be the man in the situation, but doesn't explicitly say it. And she gets mad at me when I'm not being the man in situations, like when she or being the masculine or whatever you want to, however, whatever you want to call it. But when I'm not being the one taking charge, um, so like if I call her and I'm complaining about something, but I'm not asking for like, a so I'm not giving a solution. Like earlier this week, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I was taking our son to speech therapy and there was a, there was a, there was a car accident. So I was going to be 20 minutes late. I'm like, okay, well, this is a 35 minute appointment. This is dumb. I don't need to drive 20 minutes so he can spend 15 minutes doing speech therapy. And so I called my wife. I was like, hey, there's traffic. Like, I'm going to be 20 minutes late. And I just left it at that. And I just kind of like, I was like, what do you think? And I gave her the opportunity to kind of talk. And then she gave, said what she thought. But then from there, I didn't say any, like what I wanted to do. I didn't give like the, I didn't take the, the charge, so to speak. And she was like, she was getting frustrated because I wasn't, you know, being the masculine and directing it there. So for me in, in my relationship, and I think in a lot of my interactions, I've had to unlearn that, uh, I've had to unlearn like the idea that women want to be the man all the time. And I've had to, in, at least in my own relationship, I've recognized like, no, my wife wants me to, be, to be the man in a lot of these situations. And she takes charge in a lot of situations, especially with our kids. Um, but like in, in, a, in a lot of situations, she wants me to be the man and she's happier when I am taking charge of those situations. Yeah, she's able to relax and, oh, Dean's got yeah. it. Okay, I can step back. And it's There's kind of, and that's the, and that's the opposite of what I was taught to be because like, again, like the traditional man, the wrong way, always takes charge, always is the man. And the new enlightened man lets the woman take charge. And really like, no, that's, it's not opposites. It's like, there's a better, there's a middle, there's a middle yeah. ground. The enlightened person takes right action is what I would say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's a Depending great, great the tip here I want to share. Yeah. Great tip I want to share while, while we're talking about this, about relationships. And this is, I think for, for guys listening, this is, this is a great tip. This has helped me tremendously is when my wife comes to me with a problem, right? The, the male, let's say the masculine wants to fix, mm -hmm. right? The feminine is better at listening. So what I've learned to do, and this is something I learned from my teacher, Jean, she said, okay, ask your wife, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix? And then that helps me understand, do I need to get into masculine energy or feminine energy? If I'm in masculine, okay, let's figure it out. How do we find a way through? Let's get this done. Mm. Am I in feminine? Am I listening? Great. Tell me about your day. And then I can relax into that more supportive role. That's been a game changer. So, and that works yeah. for, for everyone. Do you want me to listen or do you want me to help? And yeah. when you get clear, then it's like, okay, now I know. And then everyone can relax. So that, that's been a fantastic tip for, uh, for relationships and understanding the balance. For, for me, the default is just always assume she just wants to talk about it. And then I, I talk about it. I empath I empathize, but I don't assume responsibility for fixing the situation. And then at the end of it, she's like, no, I want to know what you think. And I'm like, oh, mm. okay, well, here's what, 
what I might do in this situation, then I'll do it. But like my default is just like, cause I spent so many years saying like, well, let's troubleshoot this. Like, well, let's figure out this. Like, I'm so sick of hearing you complain about this. I want to come up with a solution with this once and for all. And then when I started just saying, oh yeah, that sucks. And also not taking responsibility for it. Like the, the burden that's been lifted from me. Cause I used to think that complaining was my responsibility. Like she's complaining to me because she wants me to fix it. And then when I learned, no, she's just talking about something because this is her process. This is how she works through it. You don't have to fix it. Then that was, um, and the first time I did it, I'm like, okay, I didn't try to fix it. I just listened. I said, okay. And, and now it's done and we're moving on. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I feel much better. And she's not mad at me for trying to fix it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So sound, sounds like just, you know, bringing more awareness, consciousness to our relationship and the dynamic, right? If, if you are with a more masculine woman, like maybe just make the unsaid said, you know, mm -hmm. do we want to just talk about this or are we trying to fix something? Right. And in your case, Nick, like who's leading as you were sharing that example, that was perfect. Mm. Uh, I, I find we, we find ourselves doing that a lot too. And then, yeah, you know, if, if, and Dean, like you're saying, in your situation, you've seen like, hey, by default, it is, there's still a little bit of that traditional role, which is like, mm -hmm. let's not try to fix and let's be empathetic, as we've learned <laughs> through, mm -hmm. through our times being with women. And then sometimes they'll tell us if they want things to be fixed, they want our perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have to figure it out based on a, on a relationship to relationship basis. Yeah. Get to know your yeah. wife, guys. Get yeah. to know your wife. No, it's yeah. been it's been great. It's been great. And I want to echo just again. And you know, this was in terms of being your team was talking about in terms of health. We shifted to relationships. A big piece for me that's coming through here is having the hard conversations, doing the hard work now, which is mm -hmm. going to the gym, feeding yourself well, taking time for yourself, having a conversation. If you do those things now eventually your life will not get easy, but it'll get easier. It'll get healthier. It'll get happier. And then when you are 50, 60, there's going to be like, oh, wow, I'm sovereign. I've got this. So Dean, I really appreciate um, you giving us insights on how to be a better man, on how to be, you know, taking masculinity into a new a new era, a new way of being. Um, yeah. Anything you'd like to close out with in terms of some last words of wisdom or ways people can connect with you? We'll put your your contacts in the uh, the show notes, but anything you'd like to share before we sign off would be great. I think your guys' intro was great. I think that you guys are doing awesome work to have the, it's so strange. So many of the words, the many of the phrases that you used are things that I think about myself and it takes conscious thought to create change. It doesn't happen automatically. Most of what we do is on autopilot. So to improve to make changes you have to consciously make the effort to do it it doesn't just happen um so you know take time to to think about these kind of things take time to yourself to think about these things to have these conversations to um to also to go deeper than the surface with your one-on-one -on -one interactions um that's something that we've really gotten into in the podcast exploring that I've done in the better man podcast. And these conversations with other men is just realizing, wow, men do not talk with each other on a deep, deep enough level. You know, we talk about sports. We go to the, we go to the, we go drinking, get to the point where we can't have a, you know, a conscious conversation. Um, 
when really so what so many of us are craving is that connection with other people and yet we we don't do it when given the opportunity so if you're willing to try it i think that if you t try to take it to that level with somebody else i think you'll be surprised at how receptive they'll be to it so um and yeah my my podcast is called the better man podcast um you can find it on wherever podcasts are listened um yeah, if you want to follow me on social, everything is at Manflow Yoga. Rad. Well, great. Well, thanks, Dean. Nothing thanks as as well. I really appreciate the conversation and getting deep with you guys and exploring masculinity. Um, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate your presence, your insights, and um, it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Nitin. Thank you, Dean. Thanks for listening in. If you want any more information about our guests today, uh, about any of the sessions or, or offerings that were presented, uh, as well as about myself, Nitin, or Nick here, you can find all the links to our websites and uh, how to get in touch with us through the episode notes. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you heard, share it with friends and family, spread the love, spread the collective consciousness, and help us raise the consciousness as a whole.